Our first reading from the book of Genesis in the 18th chapter. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. And then the Lord said, Because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find Sodom, 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, for the sake of forty, I will not do it. And then he said, oh no, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, for the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. And then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again, but this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way. When he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from the letter to the Colossians in the second chapter. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head, for whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel from Luke's gospel in the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, (coughs) and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend. Yet, because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What? father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the gospel of the Lord. Thank you for your patience. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you have gathered us together around. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to call you Father, as dear children who reach out to you in prayer, knowing that you hear us as you hear your own Son, Jesus. We pray at this time that you remove distractions from our hearts and minds, that you work by your Holy Spirit, to ever lead us to Christ, and to call out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Deep down within us, there is an inner desire to always be heard. And if you ever have a doubt about this, spend enough time alone for a while and start to pay attention to how much you talk to yourself. You start to ramble on in your mind about 
things that need to be done or things that you want to do or maybe then you start asking questions and maybe now it's exited your mind and left your mouth that you're actually speaking out into the air a conversation to yourself and if you spend enough time alone you might find yourself in situations like I have where you start answering yourself and now you're holding a full conversation about speaking out questions and thoughts and ideas and imaginations and then pondering whether or not they're really plausible or what the right answer might be and you're having a conversation going with yourself because there's such a desire to be heard. Maybe you haven't walked that same road as I have, but you know this nonetheless as Jesus asked, uh, you know, fathers and their relationship with kids. Let me ask you, for any of you who have had kids or been around kids, how often does this conversation sound familiar? Mommy, 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 dad, dad, look, dad, watch, dad, check this out, mom. Kids' desire is to be heard. And as long as we may want to ignore them, we know they want to be heard. They want a response. And in my years in the restaurants, there was a very similar conversation. There are three main words if you go into a busy kitchen line. Check fire heard the fire is not the physical fire uh, otherwise there's a very big excitement that goes on in the kitchen but firing an entree firing a table saying it's time for it to go but check <clears throat> check was more of a, a question check table 13 timing on the steak and then there would be a response and then the answer is heard got it or a direction is given heard i hear you you see, when those questions and those directions are thrown out by somebody within the kitchen, the response expected is heard. If you don't hear that, then you know something's going wrong. Somebody is either not at their post or they're so buried underneath the tasks that they have in front of them that they can't even lift their head to answer a question or use their ears to hear it. And so they know something's off. Help is needed. So you hear it all the time, check, heard, heard. I think we have that same desire. We want to hear a response when we call out for something. Disciples, no different. You see, they, they wanted to learn how to pray too. At this point, they had been watching Jesus pray in a slightly different way than a lot of folks. See, most of the folks of the day would pray the known prayers that were written down in books or on scrolls. They didn't have books at that time. They do now. But written down on scrolls in the synagogue or in the temple or the priest would pray for people. But they were prayers that they had grown up with. And they were prayers that were often done audibly, prayers that were often done publicly, and prayers that were often done so that other people would see you praying. So they would see your faith, see your fervor, see things that were going on. But they would watch Jesus go out to a certain place, a desolate place, a quiet place, a private place. And as they watched him pray, I'm sure they were trying to figure out what was going on as he would just pray silently. And they may have heard whispers or murmurs or things as he would converse and seem to have such a close connection to the one he was praying to. You see, as most of the Jews had grown up praying, it was praying to Yahweh or Jehovah. 
the grand creator, holy, majestic one, some big, majestic, grand term. And to see this man so intimately praying to someone, you had to imagine that there was something closer going on. And so they said, Jesus, you're our rabbi, you're our teacher. And we've seen John's disciples, and he taught them how to pray, which makes me also wonder, what was John telling his disciples to pray? That would be an interesting conversation to have in the resurrection. We can talk to John about that. But nonetheless, you've got them asking Jesus, now Jesus, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. Work with us here. And I love Jesus' answer. He says, all right, when you pray... Pray like this, Father, wait a minute, stop there, Father, we're not praying to our Father, Jesus, our Father is Abraham, you know, Father Abraham had many sons, they knew that, like what do you mean pray Father, you mean like the God of all creation, the one who brought everything into order, the one who took people out of Egypt through the Exodus and took them through the Red Sea on dry ground and led them through the desert to Mount Sinai and gave us the Ten Commandments. That guy, you want us to call him Father? That would have been a mind-blowing concept for them. And as you look through the rest of this account of the Lord's Prayer, something that we'll dig deeper into on Sunday mornings when we have a fuller time to look at each petition. Sunday adult study time mornings. Maybe on Tuesday nights too when we gather together in the men's study. That would be a good opportunity also. But nonetheless, that time will be a time where we dig into each petition, a time to really learn together and work through those. But this time, this time when you're gathered here together around God's Word, you need to hear something else. Not so much just how to pray, not just so much that you are a sinner, which you are, and we'll get into those portions in a second, but we need to look at God's action in the midst of this. God giving us the words to pray, and as Jesus then, after this prayer, works with his disciples through their imagination, as he talks through two different scenarios and stories, we hear that God hears us. That our prayers are heard. They don't fall upon a distant and, and um, God who ignores the cries of his people, but they fall upon the ears of a God who listens like a father. So Jesus looks at his disciples and says, Father, that your name be holy, that your kingdom come. Give us what we need every day. Forgive us our sins as we forgive the debts of others. And then he says, look, so that you can wrap your heads around this, so that you know what it's like to be heard. Imagine you have a friend, which you all do, and you have friends that come to your house, and you go to this friend at midnight and say, look, I need some food. My friends just showed up, and I have nothing for them. Give me what I need so that I would not be shamed in front of my friends. I'm calling upon you in a time of need. Would you hear me? And he says, I hear you. Go away. I'm already in bed. Everyone's around. The doors are locked. Now is not the time. Yet because of the friendship, he still gets down and gives him what he needs. Maybe begrudgingly, maybe in some other way. 
It's not a perfect model of who God is, and Jesus isn't trying to make that person the model of God. What he's saying is, you who are sinful and broken and want to take care of your own things, know what it's like to hear the need, call in from a friend, and respond to it. You know what it's like when people call upon you and you respond in a way to where you give them what they need. And he says, which of you? As a father who has sons, when your son asks for a fish, would reach down into the fishing net that you just brought in from the lake and hand him an eel or a snake, a serpent. Now, to be quite honest, I might do that because that would be really funny. At first, you reach down and go, here's your fish. Ah, never mind, here's your fish. You're still going to give your child what they need. He says, or which one of you would reach up into the little cubby hole above the door where the um, quail roost? And which one of you would reach up there and grab a scorpion out to give your kid instead of an egg? I wouldn't do that one. Don't give your kid a scorpion. That's mean. We know how to give good gifts. And the fact is, we're not good though. Jesus calls it out very plainly. He says, you who are evil... Not bad or slightly sinful or mostly good. He says, you who are evil, you know how to give good gifts. How much more does your heavenly Father know how to give you what you need? He will give you all that is necessary, all that is needful for the day, all that is necessary into eternity as you ask for His kingdom to come. What does that kingdom look like? That kingdom looks like wrongs being righted. That kingdom looks like the forgiveness of sins being worked out for sinners. That kingdom looks like Jesus dying on your behalf and rising from the grave to call you family. To breathe upon you and give you the Holy Spirit. To be washed in the waters of baptism, carrying the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, being called a child of God. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. His active word working in and amongst his creation to redeem and bring back and reconcile his creation to himself by his hand and his work, by his word working in your life. And then he says, talk to me. Reach out to me. Call out to me. In times of trouble, in times of joy, reach out to me and call out to me because I will hear you as a father hears his dear child. And as Jesus says, you who are evil know how to give good gifts. The heavenly father who is nowhere near anything like evil, but perfectly holy and perfectly good is going to give exactly what you need when you need it. The beautiful part about this prayer that Jesus gives is one, it gives us words to say when we don't know the words. But two, it focuses in on God's work for you. It does not focus in on your desires or your wants or your wishes or your timing of things at all, but solely lifts everything that you have up to God and say, God, in your will would you take care of all these things, whatever it may look like. And he says, heard. I hear you. And though we don't necessarily hear his voice in our ears, some say they will, 
I can't doubt that. I'm sure they do. But for me, it needs something more concrete. And I am so thankful that God answers prayers in very succinct ways. More often than not, we have to look back on them to see them, but He answers them through the hands and the people of His church. He answers them through His written Word as He sends you into it to hear what He has to say to you. As you read through the Psalms and see the prayers and the laments of others, as you hear God's Word given for you through the mouth of the Word of God, Jesus, as it is recorded there by the Gospel writers, His Word to answer your prayers is right there. And then when you gather together and worship, when you hear it preached into your ears, when you pray for the forgiveness of your sins and you hear, I forgive you in the stead and command of Jesus. What a beautiful thing to hear. And then in even a more physical way, you put your hands out and you say, forgive my sins and give me my daily bread, please, Lord. I need all that you have to give for me because I cannot do this on my own. And he says, here's my son and body and blood placed into your hands and upon your lips for the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. I will give you what you need. And those things carry us through from day to day now, yet what he has done for us through Christ carries us into eternity. When the day will come when we get to walk in the presence of the Lord and hear His voice firsthand and lay out all of the questions and all of the thoughts and all of the joys of all of eternity. And He says, I hear you. Let's keep talking. Let's keep walking. Let's keep going on in this life that I have won for you. So as you live each day, know that your prayers that you lift up to God do not fall upon empty ears, but the ears of a father that says, heard, I got you, you're my child, and I listen to you, and I will give you everything that you need as I have given you everything in Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us through your Son, Jesus, and that you continue to count us as your children, forgiven sinners, sinner saints, as you declare us to be your very own. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil as you continue to point us to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able and we'll sing together, Seek Ye First.